Hello, welcome to episode 5 of Sitting In with Mr. Patrick Breen. Uh, I wouldn't be saying this if it wasn't for Patrick, because, well, yes, of course, he's the guest in this episode, but Patrick's also the person who actually pushed me towards putting out this podcast. So, uh, huge thanks to Patrick. He also pretty much created most of the sounds that you hear in the intro of every podcast with the, uh, the theme music that you can hear right now. As always, I hope you're staying safe, and if you're enjoying the podcast, I'd love to see more people sharing it on their Instagram story. Um, I'll repost it, as always, and yeah, with all that being said, I hope you enjoy this podcast with Mr. Patrick Breen. Patrick, what's up, man? Yo, Reese, How are you? I'm good, man. How are you? I'm very good, man. I'm very good. It's good to chat with you. Yeah, we just had a quick catch up, but um, it's always good to chat. Our chats uh, tend to go from here to here to here to here. I know. In several man. different directions, but... I know. Um, what's What's been happening this last year? Because uh, when we're recording, it's now the nearly the end of... Dece- well, actually mid-December, but it'll be out in January. So how's your year been? 2019 was crazy, man. I mean, first and foremost, I got married this year. So Ooh. that was... That's one of the big ones, man. That's like, yeah. I mean, it's the biggest life event I've experienced so far, especially in terms of like just all that goes into planning a wedding. And my wife and I have big families. So there mm. were like a lot of people and it was a, uh, yeah, it was, it was an ordeal, man. It was an ordeal. But um, yeah, that, that definitely took up the planning and all of that, that takes up so much more time than you anticipate, right? Like it's, it's, you know, it's like any other project, right? There's so many moving parts and so many little pieces. Um, so that was like, uh, like on a, on a personal life thing that kind of took up way more of the pie than my personal life has taken up in recent years. Right. Um, so, you know, it was, it, it's been cool kind of in the, we got married in June, so it's kind of been cool in the back half of this year just to kind of see the two of us recalibrate and just, we, we both have some different projects that we're working on business-wise and personal-wise and it's just, man, it's cool to have, you know, we've been, we've been dating for a long time, we live together, it's been you know, we, we, not much has changed since we got married, but I think that just the, you know, kind of the way you just do life changes. And it's mm-hmm. like, you start making decisions from the standpoint of like, okay, how is this going to benefit not just me, but my partner and my future family and all of that. Um, so that's been cool. It's been, it's, it's just a little added extra layer of purpose and yeah. it's, you, uh, you heard it here first everybody patrick's having kids <laughs> no <laughs> no we got no nah, not quite yet <clears throat> i'm joking i'm joking not I'm joking. quite yet no we 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 talk about it but definitely definitely got a couple more things to do yeah. we we need to adjust to this life change before we throw another level on top of, of course it, so. of course of course um but in, in terms of career wise and just making music um mm-hmm. I was, yeah, the good, the important stuff. <laughs> Get rid of that marriage stuff. No, it was, um, it was a year where I was, uh, I, I had a lot of unexpected 
a lot of unexpected change happened. Not just, I mean, the marriage obviously was expected and um, I think there was a lot of unexpected stuff with that, but it was so funny how my career kind of mirrored all of that change, all of that, you know, um, it's almost like there's, there's kind of like a new birth happening with my career that I'm not really... I I haven't really been too public about. Not mm-hmm. that, and not for any particular reason. You just don't want to. I'm the type of person that I just don't want to go to social media with every little thing that's happening. I just frankly don't think I'm that important. You know what I mean? Like, give people music, give them good content, give them entertainment, and kind of, you know, you you can invite people in, but don't you know, just leave your door wide open either. You know what I mean? Absolutely. I agree. um, To, to make kind of a long story short, I was, um, you know, there's a lot of different things going on. A lot of uh, this, that maybe what ifs, whatever, but I've kind of just, I had to take a step back this year and really take a look at kind of this new chapter of my life that I'm entering in and say, okay, what, what am I doing here? Uh, you know, I've got a little bit of an Instagram following. I've got a little bit of a YouTube following. I've got content across the internet. Um, and kind of since I started producing my own music, I have put out one song with my name on it. And there's a lot of reasons about that. Uh, some things that have kind of gone one way and ended up going another way. And I don't really need to get into all of that. But the bottom line is I just took a look at it and said, oh, okay, you know, y- you can put a one-minute Instagram video out, you can put out a YouTube video, but, like, what do you really want to do? What do you want to be? What do you want people to look back on your legacy and remember? And the kind of, regardless of what has happened, I've just felt like I needed to recalibrate and really put music at the forefront of everything that I'm focused on. So that's why I've been kind of super quiet on Instagram for sure. YouTube is kind of a different animal because there's, you know, there's, that's part of my business. There's, there's uh, income attached to that. That's how one of the ways that I, you know, support, you know, myself and my wife and I, and that's something you just don't, you know, that would be essentially like not showing up for work. So you don't do that. Right. Yep. But, uh, or like in your case, just saying to your students, eh, you know, I'm just going to not teach you anymore. <laughs> so but to be honest, that's, that, that is one of the joys of being self-employed. You know, I, I can, obviously I wouldn't cause respect the student as much as I hope they respect me, but I, you know, it is good to be able to cancel things. <laughs> yeah. To have your, to have your flexibility and freedom. I mean, shoot, yeah. that's, I mean, but, we're, Sorry Listen, for interrupting. No, no, no. It's a good, it's a really good point. Um, but I think, you know, there's only, there's only so many hours in a day. I have, you know, some other freelance work that I do also to earn a living. You know, it's expensive to live in New York City. Uh, hello. Um, so is it, is it came down to like those hours that I would spend each week on making little beats and posting that stuff to Instagram. And, you know, that stuff was all really important to me. I think, you know, Every artist who has any sort of production or songwriting aspiration should be doing that, creating new music every single week, every day if you can. I mean, that's 
one of the best practices to get into. And I'm so glad I've done that for years now. Yeah. But it came to the point where it's just like, I had to ask myself, like, what are you afraid of? I have so many comments on my Instagram, um, thankfully, of interested people like, yo, where can I listen to this full track? And it's like this huge conviction of mine that I'm kind of like, I've got a few people who would probably listen, but I'm just like, I don't know if I'm holding out or if I needed it to look a certain way. I don't know. I don't, I mean, and there have been some things going on behind the scenes career wise that have, you know, created a little bit of a, how do you say, uh, there, there were things in the works that didn't play out and we'll just put mm -hmm. it that way. Um, yep. And I'm kind of back in the driver's seat in a way that I haven't been for a long time. And all of that, I guess, is to say that uh, I just kind of got to this point where I got a little sick of myself and wanted to say, okay, just put something out because you like it right now. So yep, totally. I, spent the, I spent the last couple of months just not working with necessarily the person that I thought would give me the best chance to get seen by their audience or not working with the person that I thought was like the best connection for me to make. Like, no, just a guy that I know in town here who's an amazing singer, writer, top line writer. Uh, I play guitar for him sometimes in his band. Um, I said, yo, let's do some writing. Let's see what happens. And first session was kind of a little... We kind of were a little fuzzy on something, and I took some time really figuring out, like, mm, how do I make this track inter interesting? I sent it to him, and three, four sessions later, we had the whole thing produced, uh, most of the thing recorded, <clears throat> and we just, like, we were intentional. We stuck to a schedule. We said, yo, let's have this thing done. Let's have the lyrics done by this date. Let's have the vocals cut by this date. Let's have the production done by this date. And, you know, we bought ourselves some time because we want to put this out in January. And now we're just tweaking and enjoying and That's finessing and making it the best we can. But it was a real big lesson for me in terms of like, it doesn't have to be that complicated. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, no, it's, that's a very mature decision to make, you know, like even just setting deadlines. Like I find that so hard creatively. Um, <clears throat> we could totally speak with that for ages because I've been working on something myself, obviously. But yeah, yeah, um, yeah. yeah, no, it's, it sounds like you're you're really just trying to focus on the things that you want to do and maybe haven't had the chance to do that as much in the past. Am I right? Yeah, I think, dude, I think it really requires you to get lean and like, Put everything, everything that you got going on in a metaphorical pot, turn the heat up, boil it down and see what's at the bottom. Do you know what I mean? Like in, in, in for me, like, you know, we could, we could get cruising on Instagram because I think you and I both kind of have what kind of little notoriety maybe we have is because of Instagram. I mean, that's, I mean, I know that's where it started for that was really the first thing that started popping off for me. And I think it was the same for you. Yep. Um, and now it's like turning into this, I mean, even forget about the algorithm changes. Cause I think that's just a <laughs> pointless thing to, to complain about. Like it's, yeah, yeah. you know, we're, we're, we're like living in free real estate. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's, it's free. Like we can't yeah. really complain about it, but 
I just think like culturally too, it's just changed a lot since I think the early days when we were really enjoying it and, and enjoying making content. Um, and I just look at it as, hey, this is a place where like I have a lot of people who have showed a lot of love and I want to stay, you know, I, I want to still create for them. But I can't, at the end of the day, if, if the, 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 the goal is to share music and Instagram is standing in the way from me completing music because I've convinced myself in my head that like, oh, well, I got to create a video or two a week and I got to post every day and I got to stick to the schedule because I listen to a ton of Gary Vee and blah, 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 blah. <laughs> like, it's just, at the, at the end of the day, like, there is no one size fits all. So if personally, Patrick can't focus on finishing the song because he's too worried about one minute clips, then like, something's got to change and like, you got to be able to give yourself the per permission to do that. Like, it's you know sure. you listen you listen to all of these freaks not freaks like in a weird way but like these super high achieving freak of nature type people that like do it all and don't sleep and do all that like I like sleeping like I feel mm -hmm. better when I sleep you know I what I mean you. but no. I just think you have to figure out what's best for you and move in that direction period yeah. I think like that's everything you said is bang on the money and one thing that you did say is that um the part about you know some, something's got to go and in this case it might be less instagram videos but you know you deserve that time you have put in so much work in the last few years to make even just instagram like youtube's a whole other beast but just to make it so good and i know so many great things have came out of that for you and for um, sure no for question. me like i'm if i wasn't in uh university at the time i wouldn't have been able to do instagram because you know, I was just fortunate that I had so much uh, free time, study time, uh, that I could just like make videos and stuff. And for we just, sure, I think we both jumped on the bandwagon at the right time. And now it's become like, all right, fair enough. All these changes have happened and it's harder to make it. But I think we're both very fortunate to be in the position we're in where we can now be mm -hmm. like, all right, I'm going to focus on myself and hopefully I can present something in a year's time or six months, whatever it may be that it's not like a thank you to them because it's totally like it's for you as an artist, but then you have something bigger than just the one minute clips and the photos. And exactly that. Exactly that. At the end of the day, like if you're, you know, I, I felt I got to the point where I felt like I had mastered for Patrick. Like I had done the best one minute stuff that I was going to do. Yeah. Man. You know what I mean? Like beyond doing something crazy artistic with the filmmaking or whatever, or going deeper into the visuals or whatever. It's just like, I had kind of figured out what worked. I had a couple of videos like that. I was fortunate enough to have kind of go crazy and get reshared and get like a couple million views or whatever. Like that was crazy, but like chasing nothing, not, it's not, it's not that nothing came of it. I had a lot of people, decide to follow me and hopefully those people will want to listen to music or they've gone over to YouTube or whatever. Um, but at the end of the day, like if Instagram goes away, which is such a stupid thing to say, I hate when people say that, Oh, if social media goes away, what are you going to do with your life? Sonny? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like at the end of the day, it's just, it's, it's a bunch of, from my vantage point, a bunch of ideas in like, your goal as an artist, ideating is huge. Coming up with ideas is a huge thing to, that you need to master. Yep. 
and 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 being able to start fresh and and take something really quickly and and create something out of nothing that's a huge skill set and i encourage everybody to go and pursue that but at the end of the day like your legacy will be defined by the things that you finished not the things that you started you know what i mean and at the end of the day man i just like i create the music that i want to listen to and hopefully there's other people who like that idea and yeah. it's just i'm i'm curious more than anything it's like <laughs> and i do have songs you know what i mean like there are which ironically enough anytime an idea like the ideas that i start and i like write lyrics and write vocal melodies those don't get shared on instagram which yeah. is so funny the well, ones I'm the that same. Are, i'm the exact same right it's so funny it's yeah. it's always the ones that I share on Instagram are, for whatever reason, always the ones that are like, eh, maybe, maybe someday. Maybe I'll I pitch think, this to another artist or something, but those I are the ones part I share. Of it is, yeah, sometimes, I don't know how you feel about it. For me, it's like, I don't want to put out like, all the ideas from my record because then people are going to, I've heard them all, even if it's little snippets. Like, I kind of want to hold some of them back. Right. You know, so that yeah. people actually are like, ah, cool, right, this is different. Whereas yeah. if I'd already done previews of everything, it'd be like, even if it's just me jamming over it or whatever, it's like, I don't know. I feel like I'd rather just like pull, pull back a bit and like let them brew and like get it sounding good for the record and then yeah, people can hear, hear the stuff. But I think, yeah, we've been talking about, about like kind of what you've been up to and stuff. But one thing I'm genuinely interested in, I have a list of things that I'd like to talk to you about. Um, so maybe we'll get through them all. We've kind of nice. touched on honestly all of them <laughs> but <laughs> just because you're such a great speaker but um, oh thanks man i'm just curious um how did you actually get into writing songs because i know that you're very competent like honestly a really good guitar player um thanks, man. like did it come in hand to hand with like learning your favorite songs or like what was the process behind like you getting into songwriting it's it's so funny man i i think now i'm a, maybe a version of the guitarist that I always wanted to be, but guitar was something that really didn't come very naturally to me. And and I know like, oh, everybody's got to work hard. I totally agree with that. Like any desire, skill set, whatever, everybody's got to work hard for it. But I do also believe that there's, you know, if me and LeBron James worked just as hard at basketball our entire lives, yeah. something tells me that guy would probably get a little bit farther than I do on the court. Just saying. You know, there's some people just... <laughs> that just have a, a certain inclination towards certain skills. It's just like, it's, it's in our genes. It's, it's the way we're made up. Um, and I always had a good ear. I just, the guitar thing was, it's, it's truly honestly something that I've really had to work hard at. But where I always kind of felt not even comfortable because songwriting is infinitely harder. When, when you think about it really, like, okay, everything has essentially already been said and your job as a songwriter now is to say something that's already been said thousands and thousands of times in a new and unique and interesting way. Uh, when you think about it that way, it's like daunting. Mm. But I remember when, you know, uh, I got, when I got my first MacBook, I was, uh, I was in high school and I, towards the end of high school, and by the time I really decided that I wanted to play guitar, um, because music was in my family, 
strangely enough, my mom is one of five girls. Um, all of her sisters are like somewhat musically inclined, um, more so than others, but they can all kind of carry a tune. And my mom always jokes like she loves music, but she just, she didn't get the music gene. Um, <laughs> but we had this rule in our family because my great grandfather was a um, piano teacher um, for a living that everybody plays piano for like seven years. So I did that, hated it. I wanted to play rock music and my piano teacher wanted me to play like Pachelbel's Canon and Mozart and all this garbage. No, I'm just kidding. It's, a, it's, it's beautiful music. I just, you know, as a, as a seven-year-old, you're not into that. You want to play some freaking Nirvana or something on the piano. I don't know how that would translate. But anyway, um, so somewhere along the line, I think my mom just knew that I had this love of music in me and she said, Oh, well maybe the guitar, my aunt, my aunt plays the guitar. So, Hey, we'll, we'll kind of keep that tradition in the family and pass it on to the next generation. Um, and she bought me a guitar and it kind of just sat there. Um, but it became the vessel through which I wrote songs and I still have like all of these songs that like I wrote is like a teenager. So songwriting came before you actually exploring the guitar as like your primary focus. No, the 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 songwriting kind of came to me. It was something that I looked at as there's no rules here. You just write what you feel and you write what you think. And I liked that. Mm. I was I wasn't a poor student, but I was kind of like a I was a tough student for my teachers because I didn't like to fall in line. It wasn't so much that I didn't uh it wasn't so much that I didn't like following the rules. I just didn't like doing the things that I didn't want to do. I had no, like in the subjects that I liked, I was a straight A student. In the subjects that I didn't like, I was like a C student. You know what yeah. I mean? Like I did just enough to pass the class. And um, I think songwriting to me was so interesting because I knew that it was just like, oh, you feel things, which I do, and you play music to those things and you write words and you write vocal melodies. And it was always really interesting to me and what kind of was maybe influenced by the technology era that we've grown up in was opening GarageBand and realizing, oh man, like I can make tracks pretty easily. So I literally had no audio interface, no mic, no nothing. I would open the computer and I would plug headphones in and I would play guitar into the built-in microphone and I would sing into the built-in microphone. And I wrote like 15 songs in a summer that nobody heard. And that was the summer going into college. And I was like, oh, maybe. So, you know, in college, I was fortunate enough to find a couple of guys that wanted to play in a band and surprisingly we all took it really seriously we had some other people we played in a band for four years and that was really kind of where i cut my teeth where i learned we wrote you know one of the we we weren't a well-known band but we were known in the town right like we were one of yeah, it, it was one of those kind of college towns where live music was really appreciated. We played at, you know, some of the bars and a lot of the parties and all of that stuff. Cool. Um, and the thing that people always said was that, wow, they just wrote so many songs. So I really, it was an interesting experience because we weren't a cover band. We just, we wanted to write songs together. And so I really got into it even at a deeper level 
in college, right? Um, bands obviously break up, even though when you're in it, you're like, the band's going to make it, man. <laughs> um, and we had kind of, it wasn't an ugly breakup for them, but it was an ugly breakup for me. Do you know right. what I mean? So I kind of had to make that choice like, okay, do I pursue this on my own or do I just go get a job and be just like a hobbyist musician? You know what I mean? So it, it it's, that has been, that was kind of the start of the journey. Um, but I just always had this like desire to create and produce. And I was producing music long before I even called myself a producer. Um, if you, if you really kind of think about it, the producer is like the songwriter of the track of the recording, right? Like that's what the producer does. And that's probably my favorite thing. Like take, taking all of these different sounds and assembling them into like one piece, one piece of music. Um, and to me, that's very different than what the mixing engineer does or what, what the mastering engineer does. Like those are two different things and sometimes all of those different roles kind of cross over together but um yeah as a as a writer i've always just like felt most at home in kind of building yeah you know what i mean so the process uh like building building a song how has it changed for you throughout the last uh how long has this been maybe 10 years of doing songs mm. Cause yeah, man. So let's say ten years. So yeah. obviously you've uh, you've done stuff with a band, you've done solo projects, you've worked with labels. Like, how has your process changed through all these different opportunities? Your writing process. I think you know it's one of one of the things. Like I've done it. I've done it solo. I've done it with collaborators. I've done it with a band. Um, I think. The, the, the best piece of advice I would give to anybody is create with, create with others um, just because it's good. You learn, you, like I love working with people like yourself. Like when we, you know, when you came to New York, we were so busy doing other stuff that we like barely had any time to like sit down and actually play music together, which we'll get to though. I'm not even worried about that. But like, I just love, you would, you would never think that like two guitarists would collaborate on a track. You would think, Oh, like I'll go get a keyboard player. I'll get a vocalist. I'll get a whatever. But like, I love working with people that do what I do, but differently and in a lot of ways better. Like I can just learn from, what you do technically and you have a whole different skill set and you know years of training that I didn't ever have I never pursued that and it's just it's so good to collaborate with others it is so valuable and it makes you better and it accelerates your learning so quick because you're not yeah sitting totally. there learning a lesson you're sitting there participating in creating something with somebody else you know what i mean yeah. And I think um, the, the thing about collaboration is that it can happen between anybody. You know, you yeah. you could literally co- collaborate with someone who's not a musician and like still come together and make something that is as valuable as two musicians collaborating. For sure. And I think that's sure. that's incredible. And one thing that I really love is collaborating with people who maybe like 
uh, don't know where they want the music to go. Like maybe they've not got the the eye that you and I could have. It's like, oh, the track needs to go in this direction. Maybe they mm-hmm. just have lyrics and can sing a nice melody, but don't yeah. know nothing about anything else. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I love that position of like bringing an idea into fruition through, I guess, what what I can bring to the table as an artist. And uh, yeah, no that's question. that's one yeah. of the like the nice things in collaboration for me, as well as obviously it's always a learning opportunity. You know, if you can play with people yeah, and surround sure. yourself with people who are eager to create, then you can't really complain. Yeah. And like, come up with the song and serve the song. I mean, the next single that I'm going to put out is going to be so different because it's just like you. It's so funny because I started out talking about how I love songwriting because there's no rules. But the way that we've been trained in, you know, modern society is to apply rules to everything and put everything into like, a little box and category and, and, oh, well, it's gotta be this, you know, I'm doing a, I did a song, I'm working on a song right now with a friend of mine who's an amazing vocalist, R&B vocalist, like writer. Um, and he and I were just like, we're, we're both singing on this track and it's like, my voice is very like, my voice is cool, but it, it, it only it only does so many tricks. Whereas this guy is doing like all this all this crazy like beautiful R and B you know acrobatics and ad libs and it's he's just killing, and it's just like there were you know you want to say okay well this is my track and he's the featured artist so like well I've got to be doing this and I've you know I've got to sing on the hook somewhere and but it's like no the song needs his voice front and center on the hook no questions asked there's just like that's the thing about collaboration that will stretch you and challenge you it's like you it's not even an ego thing because i think you know me well enough that like that's i mean it's serving the music you've said it exactly like that's all it is and i had a similar position like uh last i think it was two weeks ago had a rehearsal with the band right and the drummer was like you sure you don't want a guitar solo because it's instrumental music there's a lot of like soloing um and he was like you sure this track doesn't want a guitar solo because it's like you know it's your record i was like man it just doesn't need it like couldn't we don't it doesn't even need a solo or maybe it's like the piano or whatever it may be but it's like just having the just being able to say you know it's fine like the song doesn't need me i like i've designed literally couldn't agree more they can like it's all gonna some better without it trust me <laughs> yeah i agree and i think like that's the trap that we fall into as guitarists i mean this i'm in the same boat like i'm trying to come up with guitar for this track and it's like it really doesn't need much it doesn't it really doesn't it's mm-hmm. it's like a r&b kind of like funky disco roots kind of track and it i mean Back in those days, I mean, the guitar wasn't really doing a whole lot other than like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, it, it doesn't need much and you got to just serve the song. That's, that is, that is absolutely the, the case. But I think like, you know, back to your question about songwriting, you know, yes, collaborate huge, but like, just write a lot. Like that's the, in, in. I think the thing that has taken me longer than I'd be willing to admit, but I'm glad I'm starting to get there, is just don't be precious with 
your songs just don't it mm-hmm. that, like it, it's in the in the day that we live in if six months from now you just hate that song or two years from now you think ah this doesn't really sound like me anymore or it sounds like an amateur version of me and i'm much better now you can always take stuff down i've done it yeah. i've done it i had a whole you know record out at one point that i thought was the best thing i would ever produce and it took me so long to to get these songs written and finished and recorded and all of that and they're not they're not bad songs they're just compared to what i'm capable of now they they don't even hold a candle obviously i'm but, older and more experienced and so and and they don't sound like what i'm doing anymore so they're not on the internet and that's yeah, totally I mean, fine it's totally fine but i also think um it's just a snapshot you know and when you're per- 50 totally. years old you can look back and see that snapshot but I don't know. I would. I would have kept it up. Like you know what? It doesn't I sound kn- like I knew right you now, were but say that. it's gonna push me to get something out in the next year or two. Yeah, I feel you. That's a that's a really good point. That's a really good point. Like, hey, I most of what I have out is this old people version are still of gonna dig it. You know, like someone. Uh, yeah, I feel you. I feel you. you. Can, nah. Maybe I maybe I'll re-release it. Maybe if, but if, if I was to do that, like with my Instagram, sorry, uh, with my Instagram no, page, for example, I'd have no videos because I don't feel like any of them truly represent me. Like, cause you, I can't mm. say much in a minute. I mean, I can, but like, you need to hear it. You need to see it live. I feel to you. really get it. like improvised music. It happens yeah. in the space that is in. Yeah, um, and that's why partly why I find uh, content creation hard now is because I'm not in uh, the same space as I used to be. Yeah. Is that kind of where, like, everything that you are about now, it's, like, improvised, period? That's it. It's it's always, I mean, all right, so it's not explicitly, like, improvisation, because then it would be free improvisation, and that would be, like, you know, no no grids, you know. It's all just, like, whatever you want to play at that moment, and it's it's a bit sporadic. So it's not like I'm doing a free improv album. Uh, But for the last five years or something, the only thing... Or what I've felt most comfortable doing as like sort of an artist or a creative individual is just like improvising, right? And when I say improvise, I mean like, you know, the way it works in jazz where it's like, well, there's a song mm. and all that and you improvise within yeah. the framework of that. It's the same kind of um, approach that I'm using in this, but it's not like traditional jazz music at all. Um, gotcha. Like it's really not, but it's definitely like a, a contemporary version of what, I think jazz is but for me it's like improvisations where it's at and I love creating and you know improvisation is really just like fast composition so I can slow that down and I love doing that as well like mm-hmm. I love collaborating and stuff but um yeah I guess if I could put myself in a box I am an improviser and that is what I love doing um, I love that man I love that yeah I mean it just keeps everything open as well because I don't really care what genre or style it is. Like, mm-hmm. I have a voice, and if you want it to fit in your box, then that's fine. I'll come in and we can do that. Yeah. Um, and I think maybe it's closed some doors for me in terms of like, you know, once upon a time I was thinking like, what if I was like, a, you know, touring with like a pop act or like doing something like that? But you know what? I don't even think I'm interested in that really. For yeah. a time I was thinking that's what guitarists do. I should do it. That's the state's mm, cool. Like you, you need to yeah. have a, a something like that you do. But I think I just want to create my own stuff and like allow that yeah. to hopefully yeah. take me places. And if it doesn't, then at least I've tried. 
For sure, for and sure. If and if anybody wants me to go on tour, then cool. I'll, I'll yeah. probably take it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But, you know, it's not exactly. something I'm striving for. It's like... I feel you. I'm I feel not, you. I'm not concerned about fitting into what people think a guitarist should do. It's like, I just want to somehow improvise and like, that's that's just what I love doing. Yeah. yeah. Dude, that's that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. It's, it's, it's fun. But anyway, more about you. Sorry for interrupting the podcast. I'll just be a minute. If you're receiving value from this episode, uh, consider supporting me by getting some merch from teespring.com forward slash stores forward slash sitting dash in dash podcast. That's T-E-E-S-P-R-I-N-G dot com forward slash stores forward slash sitting dash in dash podcast. So um, <laughs> you obviously live in New York. Have you lived there for your whole life? No, I haven't. Um... But I have a very long-standing relationship with New York. So My, where did you grow up? Sorry, quickly. I grew, I grew up in a town called Syracuse, New York, which is like two, three hours, not two hours, but like three, four hours from Canada. Oh, damn. So it's, it's, it's technically smack dab in the middle of the state. It's called Central New York, um, or as people from the city would say, upstate because um, everything is upstate to them. Right. So, you know, when people ask where you're from and, you know, you're in the five boroughs, you say, oh, I'm from upstate. But right. to them, upstate is like an hour away, an hour upstate. But anyway, um, so I grew up there. My dad was born in the Bronx, raised on Long Island. Uh, we have a lot of family scattered throughout either the five boroughs or out on Long Island or whatever. So I had a, just a very loving adoring relationship with with the city as a kid i loved coming into the city visiting family uh going to yankees games with my dad like it was um you know i grew up uh my parents split when i was really young so i had um just kind of very individualized time with both of my parents it was like when i was hanging out with my dad it was just the two of us when i was hanging out with my mom like a lot of times it was just the two of us she went on and got remarried um, you know, it, it was, but my time with my dad was always very kind of special. And I associate New York with a lot of that. I associate it with family, with our roots, with, you know, my great grandparents coming through Ellis Island and just the whole, you know, Irish immigrant story. Um, mm. so I've always really cherished that. And as a musician, when I was starting to kind of, you know, do enough that it was like, oh, like I could... I could maybe work in this industry. You know, the, the, the choices in the States are really New York, LA, and Nashville if you want to be a writer or a, you know, a session player. Um, you know, the, Nashville's changing quite a bit, but, like, you know, that was the tradition there. And it was... I, I had done some work in Nashville, and I really liked it, um, but I didn't know that that was really the spot. And, you know, Manhattan is only four hours from where I grew up. So it was kind of a no brainer. So my then girlfriend and I moved here six years ago and we have, uh, been here ever since. So yeah, I, I'm not a, I'm not technically a, uh, born and raised New Yorker, but I am definitely a native New Yorker and feel very connected to the city. It wasn't culture shock when I moved here. Like it, right. it's, you know, it's always been a comfortable place for me. Cool. Yeah, I think, like, when I came to visit New York, like, 
I was just blown away by how big it was, man. Like, I thought I knew big cities. Yeah. And then I tried to walk from downtown Brooklyn to the D'Angelico store in Manhattan, and it took me hours. Like, yeah, I, I, look, I looked at my map, and I was like, yeah, it's like pretty much a straight line. That I'm I'm pretty yeah. fast walker, but it's huge. But, yeah, it's big. Yeah, so you're in New York, right? Some think it's like the central hub for music in the world, which I guess it is in some regards. How do you feel about that statement? You know, like what's what's it given you? Do you feel like um, it lives up to the hype? I think the that's all kind of really changing. I think New York is probably the cultural center of the world in terms of you know you kind of have these international cities like New York, London, Paris that are just ve- they're, they're melting pot cities. There's a lot of diversity. There's a lot of culture, fashion, music, art happening. Um, and New York is one of those cities for sure. Um, I definitely think New York and London have always kind of had a trend setting back and forth. Mm. Um, and, you know, LA for sure. I think um, social media has really... LA has always had kind of its own thing going on. But the... The connection that I see like teenagers having nowadays with LA and wanting to be like all the influencers that are out there and wanting to be like, you know, famous for whatever. Yeah. <laughs> that's very interesting to me. Um, so I do think, I do think New York will always, you know, and it's funny, they come to New York and they don't leave like Soho or, you know, the East Village or whatever, you know, they stay in like the areas where they see influencers hanging out. And it's very, very interesting. Um, Mm. There's, there's a lot more to New York than just those two neighborhoods. And there's a lot more to New York uh, than Times Square to all of my uh, future New York tourists out there. So um, get out there and explore because New York's an awesome place. There's so much. But yeah, I don't know. I I think, you know, I see a lot of my friends who want to go, write and produce going to LA. I see a lot of people who want to come and live a little bit more of a, you know, traditional bohemian lifestyle and really get immersed in art and culture and writing and gigging out. That's like, that's what you come to New York for. You come to New York for the cultural experience and for the way that that kind of you you are always in kind of like a love-hate relationship with New York because it's a very difficult place to live. There's a lot about it that's super convenient and a lot about it that is the most inconvenient. Um there's a lot of things that make it really frustrating to live here and there's a lot of things that make you think why would I ever live anywhere else? It's very um it's the yin and yang. It's 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 the it's that duality that makes it so beautiful. You know what I mean? And where I feel like in LA, it's very kind of like, you know, constant, like chill vibe, constant, like it doesn't change much. You know, you have, you know, it's kind of like the weather, the weather doesn't change much and the vibe doesn't change much either. Um, Maybe that's why. Maybe there's a a much stronger connection to the weather than we've we've thought. Oh, I don't doubt it, man. I do not doubt it. LA's, LA's beautiful. Um, yeah, but it's the more time I spend out there, the more time I realize, like, you better get a really nice car because you're spending a lot of time in your car. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, 
No, so, I don't know. It's it's interesting. It's a it's a really interesting. I think it's changing. I think once upon a time that was the way it was. Like, mm. hey, New York is like the music and culture epicenter of the universe as far as we know it. But I don't know. I I think it's changing a little bit. Yeah. I don't know. What what I grew up knowing is New York has changed so much. You have so many native New Yorkers, born and raised New Yorkers that are kind of either being pushed out of Manhattan completely or being pushed to the furthest kind of parts of it because of gentrification and, uh, you know, all of that kind of stuff. And just the the rising price of the rising cost of living in Manhattan has gotten to be so, so great. Mm-hmm. Y- you know, you don't really have kind of those those true old New York vibes that you used to have. You right. know what I mean? The people who the people who were born and raised here are fighting for that, and they feel like it's being taken from them because of people, frankly, like me, that come in and you know move to a certain neighborhood because it was affordable, and now my neighborhood's expensive. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's it's just crazy. It's crazy how quickly it happens. You know, in three to five years, an entire neighborhood turns around. It's it's really insane. Yeah, you live in quite a nice part, though. I remember like your spot was pretty good, right? Yeah, I do. You know, I I do like my neighborhood. I live kind of I live over by Columbia College, so I live, you know, kind of right where Harlem ends and Morningside Heights begins. it's a nice part of the neighborhood, but you know, obviously, a lot of people who were born and raised in Harlem, yeah, don't like that Harlem yeah. doesn't look the way that it did when it when they were growing up, and it was kind of, you know, a huge cultural epicenter for the Hispanic community and the African American community, and just frankly, kind of the one place they could go where they didn't feel like you know, they were being pushed out. It was their neighborhood. It was their turf. It was, you know, kind of their safe space. And because of gentrification and all of that, and uh, they feel like that's been taken away from them. So it's, mm. you know, I being a a transplant, so to speak, you know, you just, you be respectful. You, you realize that, hey, I'm not going to live here forever. And the people who were born here, they do want to live here forever. And you know, how can I respect the neighborhood and how can I be a positive impact in this community? And, you know, how can I, you know, just, you know, try to leave the places that you live in a little bit better than you found them, I guess. Yeah. Cool. You so know? you've been, you've been living in New York for some time now then. So um, I've got potentially a hard question, but what is your favorite thing about New York as a musician and your favorite thing about New York just as a person who lives there? As a musician, I like that it's one of the places that you can just be respected um, for being an artist. Mm-hmm. You don't get that everywhere you go. I think a lot of the, you know, you and I both know that there, especially today, there's a lot of ways to make a really great living as a musician, because, especially because of the internet, if you're willing to use the tools of today. Um, but there's not a lot of people who realize that. And, you know... I've certainly have had my fair share of conversations with people where the general tone is. So, what exactly do you do to make money? Um, yeah, which well, is yeah, yeah. Laughable, I actually got a question but... about that earlier. You oh, did you? Yeah, I mean, I, I tried to put a thing on Instagram, but I left it too short. But we got one question from. Uh, we can actually answer this now. It's probably a good time to get into. I'm not actually. I hope he's responded to my question because I wasn't a hundred percent sure what he meant. But do you know Sean McNally? Oh yeah. 
Yeah, yeah so he was Sean's saying uh, great the dude. question was main source of income from music versus what you want to be your main source of income and a question mark. I'm not Got entirely it. sure what it means, but Got maybe it. if you want to answer that, I can. Yeah, I don't mind. It. I don't mind speaking to this real quick. Um, but to answer your question real quick, my favorite thing about living <laughs> in New York as a musician is uh, just the the music and arts community, I think, is is amazing. And it's a lot of people who will make you feel, you know, at the end of the day, we all want to feel accepted and we all want to feel that, yeah, you yeah, know, totally. our, our time is being spent in a, a, you know, when it costs you so much to get good as a musician, artist, writer, producer, whatever, especially if you do any number of those things. If you're doing more than one, if you're doing yeah. one, it's a tremendous uphill battle. If you're doing multiple things, it's a tremendous uphill battle. And to just have people like be like, mm, so I don't really understand you. There's no course material for people like you. What do you, like that's just nonsense. So it's nice to live in a city where people are like, oh, you're a musician. That's so dope. How yeah. can I cool. support you? And here's mm -hmm. oh by the way, here's my project that I'm working on, and it's it's dope. Um, my favorite, what was it? Nine music thing? No, no, no. Yeah. Your th favorite thing as a resident, like just could be anything. Oh, I just, I just love, I love the accessibility of living in Manhattan. Like there's just everything, right. everything that I need. I don't ever have to, to, I love driving, but it's really nice to be able to get wherever I yeah. need in essentially 15 minutes. And literally there's nothing I want that I can't get in Manhattan. Nothing, nothing. Wow. Maybe may, maybe if I wanted like some Swedish chocolates, I couldn't get those here. Swedish, yeah, yeah Swiss, sure. Swiss, Swiss Swiss chocolates is what I meant. Sweden, I'm sure I'm our sure friend Simon chocolate. would tell us that they have amazing chocolates as well. Yeah. Swiss chocolates is what I meant. Anyway, I digress. Point is, yeah, everything's here, and I love that. I love that's just it's amazing. But Sweet. to to talk about income, man, uh, I think like the. You have to do what makes sense for you. Like you're you have a certain skill set, you have come up with a system for learning guitar that you think is really I when you were talking to me about it, I was like, "Oh, why didn't I think of that?" It's just it's so you've come up with kind of this this way of thinking about the guitar that is so simple and kind of strips back all of the BS that like of course you're teaching guitar. And yeah. of course, I'm not teaching guitar. Do you know what I mean? Like, it, it, you, you have to look at what it is that you do. If, frankly, if you see somebody else in the world that you know that's making money doing a certain thing as it relates to their craft or their skill set, you're like, I have a deep curiosity about that. And I think I could do that. Just try it. Explore it. Figure it out. Try try a few things. Um, you know, I don't need to say this, but I guess I will. And I don't say this because whatever. But YouTube, frankly, has become like a nice piece of my income that I never anticipated. I got a hunch. Call it a download from God himself. Call it the universe intervening. Whatever you need to do to frame it in your mind. I got this strong sense that YouTube was something that I needed to explore. And I had created a lot of content online for years and years and years and had never had a big sort of blow up -y kind of success. Never. Just moderate, gradual success. And YouTube was really the first thing that 
I had a couple of instances of like, oh shoot, that's crazy. Um, and it was just me kind of, well, what I will tell you is that I got this download, this little idea that I should be focusing on YouTube in 2016. And I didn't make my first video until halfway through 2017. So right, right. listen, I totally understand cold feet. I totally understand procrastination. And I totally understand not being sure about something that you think you might be, you might have some success at, but, um, you know, I, I just took something that was already happening, i.e. a lot of people asking me questions about gear. What was resonating with people was not only the concept that I was making on Instagram, but how I was getting that sound from my apartment. What gear are you using? What recording techniques are you using? Cool. Yeah, yes, I've spent a lot of years perfecting and working on my skills as a guitarist, but at the end of the day, if you don't know how to get a good sound in, in a DIY fashion, to, to use a modern-day coined term, uh, you are, you're not going to sound good. So, yeah, that's a little bit of a gear thing. Yeah, that's a little bit of a, you know, recording technique thing. So I just started, I kind of took commonly asked questions that I would get in my Instagram DMs or even in real life. And I started making videos just because I got tired of answering these questions. And I said, okay, so for every time somebody asks me about what MIDI keyboard they should buy, I'm just going to send them the URL to this video that I've made. Boom, here's all the info you need. It saves me time. And we'll see what happens. And it turned into something that I definitely didn't anticipate. The first video that I made was about MIDI keyboards. And that video got like a quarter of a million views. Um in a year maybe but that it was it i had like a hundred subs when i when i uploaded this video so right. it was but i you know i did a lot of research i figured out what i needed to do to succeed on youtube i did my homework i i even paid for like little courses from other youtubers that i respected so i i did a little bit of coursework to to really give myself the best chance to succeed in this kind of venture and it's turned into something that I enjoy something that hopefully will I'm talking about music so my my mentality is if my ultimate goal is to put music out that people listen to which is kind of like why I think I'm here uh, yeah why not find ways to make income that are a little bit easier than making money via streaming, which I hope to do as well. And that's one of my big goals for, for 2020 to make my Spotify income a little bit more substantial, um, which you can do. I mean, look at some of our peers, man, that are just like Chris Mazuera, for example. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, he's a friend and I certainly have never had a conversation with him about income, but I'm, I know just based on what, what I know about Spotify income and the numbers that he's putting up, like he's deservedly doing pretty well. You know what I mean? And you can do it. You just have to, you have to share songs. So I think there's just, there's a lot of ways, there's a lot of ways to go about it. Um, making an income, there's freelance opportunities. There's websites that facilitate, you know, 
freelance opportunities. There's if you're if you're pretty competent as a beat maker or a you know a producer or an instrumentalist. There's you know you can go and license your songs to some of these licensing libraries and let YouTubers use them or you know whatever. I mean, there's one of the sites that um, most of the music that I all of the music that I make that I use in my YouTube videos is I, I created myself, but I I had to put a Christmas video out a couple weeks ago, and I just didn't have time in my schedule to make a Christmas beat, and I wanted one, so I just went to this website and just paid a small fee, like fifteen bucks, and licensed a track, and like somebody's getting that money, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, there's just there's so many ways to go about it, and I think like you you've got to explore different things i mean personally i make money freelancing as as a content creator and videographer and musician so whether that's playing playing for people producing for people writing with people whatever um i've been in new york networking here working with musicians meeting people for you know 6 years now it, well if you if you count the time where I was commuting into New York to work, you know, seven, eight years. So I've been in the culture for a long time. And it's just now getting to the point where like the metaphorical phone rings pretty often. And then beyond that, there's, you know, if you can grow a social media following, there's paid partnership opportunities, which are amazing, but they don't Mm -hmm. come without like years of hard work and years of making a name for yourself. So it's a lot of, it's a lot of uphill climb and but you can get there. You know what I mean? You just have to you have to be willing to take that waiter job in the meantime. You have to be willing to you know compromise. Make, yeah, do some dirty work, you know? Like I waited tables for like 6 7 years. You know what I mean? Like it's not it's not fun. It's mm-hmm. not fun being in your mid 20s when all your other friends who you went to college with are doing all this stuff and you're still waiting tables. Like it's not cute, but if you if your dream is big enough and you care enough and you believe in yourself and you know, like, me, I never believed in my own ability, but what I did believe in is my ability to do the work because that's a choice. You know what I mean? Like, it, it, like we were talking, talking before, like, it may take, you know, LeBron James <laughs> 10 hours to develop a skill at basketball that it takes me two weeks to develop. Just because we're we're wired differently, and he's also seven feet tall. But I digress. Point is, like, as long as you're willing to do the work, like, good stuff will come. You have to be mentally tough to handle ninety percent. Maybe that's exaggerating. Seventy-five to eighty percent disappointment, or seventy-five to eighty percent uncertainty and disappointment mixed in there and just some things that don't make you feel good and just wondering when this is going to happen for you. But before too long, I can promise you what will happen is you will be living the life that you were dreaming about a few years prior. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, And listen, this is not coming from a guy who's rolling in the cash and this is not coming from a guy who is you know killing it and has you know a song with two billion plays on spotify and all this stuff but like uh, my first goal was to just support myself as a musician 
and to not have to wait tables and to not have to, you know, take gigs with clients that I don't really care about and, you know, to not have to scrape by. And I don't have to do those things anymore. Do you know what I'm saying? Like now, you know, I have like one main freelance client that I love working for that is, you know, related to music and I care about it. And everything else is me. Everything else is this little thing that I've been building. And I don't say that to boast. I say that because whoever is listening to this, like, oh, how am I going to make money? I was there very recently. Yeah. And I was really scared. And oh, by the way, I've had a serious partner for the last seven years that is like trying to plan a life with this person who doesn't know how they're going to make money. So you want to talk about, and you know, I'm, I married this person. So she's obviously a pretty important part of my life. And I think like, yeah, life happens and it's scary and it's tough, but like you have to wake up every morning being like, wow, thank God I'm a creative in 2019, soon to be 2020. Thank God. Thank God. Because we have more tools and, and opportunities at the click of a button now than our parents and grandparents and ancestors had, you know, in, in a hundred mile radius. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, it's yeah. crazy. So I, I don't know if that answered Sean's I'm sure, question. I'm sure that helped Sean out. <laughs> I like, hope so. Uh, I'm sure um I'm sure it'll inspire him in some way. And yeah, I think you just got to find something that you're passionate about and it's not about f- I think there's a thing that you need to get into your mind everybody. Like I've had students who are like they're okay, right? And what they do mm-hmm. and they're thinking like, you know, how can I get paid gigs for example? And it's like you're not even ready for a gig. Like never yeah. mind a paid gig. So it's like I think you just got to work your ass off, get really good at what you do. And eventually, like, if you play your cards right and get in the scene and things will come to you. Um, and again, yeah. I can't, I can't Keep even remember showing what up, this man. question was. Yeah, show up, be early and just yeah. uh, be, be a nice guy. You'll be fine. But yeah. um, <clears throat> one thing that you've touched on quite a lot here, Pat, is YouTube and social media, right? And we have had at so least many probably six, six two hour long chats about social media, right? We've, we used to talk about it all the time because it's what we're doing quite a lot of. And um, have you always been, like, into social media? Like, when when did you get started? Is it something you've always been drawn towards, like, putting out content? or The reason why I started was just because I knew that it was a way to kind of cut out the middleman that, was, that existed in the traditional, um, you know, industry, right? Yeah. Like, you, if you wanted to get to people, you needed, you know, traditional media said, like, you had to pay a publicist. You had to pay for advertising. You had to do all of this. Where social media is this thing that we all, maybe a little bit more in its golden days, we enjoyed being on and we enjoyed connecting to people and we enjoyed being on MySpace and Facebook and then Instagram and you know Twitter was in there somewhere or some garbage, and YouTube <laughs> was you know there as well and Vine and all of these different platforms. Uh, yeah, I've I've. I've always interacted there, so it always made sense to me to to put stuff out there. I think what changed was, you know, I started to see people actually doing cool things because they had a social media following. And then the, you know, the overall industry kind of changed. And 
and commerce changed and you know the way that we though the brands changed the way that they spend their marketing dollars and you know instead of spending spending it all on traditional media they're like well you know we could work with Reese and have him you know be playing our guitar or yeah. have him talking to people about these picks or these straps or these strings or whatever it is whatever and i was like oh cool i really want those opportunities and i think social media has like just always it always made sense to me to play ball there yeah you earlier know, I, earlier you ahead. said you were saying how it's like it's it's a free place for us to advertise and that's like one of the best reasons to use it and exactly you know, I, i'd never actually thought like that because i was drawn to it in a completely different way actually um i started using social media as a musician um literally just because i'd started this new venture you know i'd just been studying music at college and um i just wanted to document some progress yeah that's um, cool and then it transferred into something that i could use as an asset mm. um but i think what a lot of people here are these types of chats about people talking about how much it's maybe paid off or how they're working with this brand and getting free gear and whatever it may be but i think a lot of people don't realize the, how, the amount of work that goes into actually getting oh to my that gosh. oh my gosh so, yeah. like you're sitting in a place right now where you know you've got established kind of instagram following and youtube seems to be working quite well for you it's like how much work do you think like as someone uh, i know nowadays it's just really hard to get a break but how much work do you think goes into actually getting it done weekly? i can i can give you like quantifiable numbers mm. because i remember it like it was yesterday so when i when i started um when i started really like when i had like my first kind of record that i wanted to start sharing with people like that was all happening in like 2013 and I started coming to the city and working here and playing gigs and writing and networking and doing all of that. And uh, Olivia and I moved here um, shortly thereafter, right? Um, so we, I remember like social media was the way that I was going to like, you know, I was totally independent, totally, you know, invested, you know, my own money, like my parents helped me. Like it was just like this whole thing, like anything I could do to like get kind of in, in out there was yeah. whatever, um, in kind of like making music. Right. And I knew social media was something I could do low cost or even free. That was just like, like you said, like it's free. You can put stuff out there and see if people want to share it with their friends and all of that. And, and there were some like interesting things that were happening and things were changing and evolving and Instagram was kind of starting to be a thing. And I remember like 2013 I was the year that I started making videos for Instagram and they were, they were okay. I mean, they weren't great, but Damn, they were okay. A, a video has been allowed on Instagram since 2013. Is that as long yeah, they, as it's been? They were 15 second videos. If you Damn. recall. No, yes. cause I, I remember uh, doing 15 second videos, but I didn't think it was that long ago. You know, five years. Yeah, dude. Yeah, so that's how that's uh, how long it's taken. <laughs> Five years it, of growth. Trying. So I I remember. Let's see. Wow. Twenty. So think about this. Twenty fifteen. Like and like fall of twenty fifteen. I celebrated ten thousand followers. Damn! Wow. So it took two years 
Yeah. Oh, I did not have a. No, I was the same, I, dude. Like three I years. I did not have a quick, you know, like, uh, you know, I have friends that like were talking like 60, 70, 80,000 in a year. Like yeah, it's mad. It, it's crazy and good for them. Like it's, it's, it's great to see that happen. And you know what? Like it's not a competition. Everybody deser- deserves to win. And then I have, pe- you know, other friends that are insane and they've got like 2000 followers and i'm just like <clears throat> it just it, it f- the number of followers just let's go on record ha- is no indication of how talented a person is how worthwhile or valuable they are it if if nothing else we should all be supporting each other and following each other because for some reason, like, and hopefully nobody hears this, brands think it's valuable and they will support you. And that's the way it should be in the music world. The corporations with the money should be supporting the artists and giving them the, the tools that they need to succeed in their ventures. But I digress. So from there, it was like, here's a story. And I don't know if a lot of people know this, um, uh, which is to this day, dude, one of the most impactful stories that I have from my my career as a musician. So I was it was it was like April of 2018 and I had set out with a lot of goals and it was the year that I knew that I was going to propose to my then girlfriend um and that's an expensive choice. <laughs> if, you know, e- even if you, you know, no matter what you do, like uh, an engagement ring is an expensive thing, no matter how you slice it. And that's all relative. And the choice that I made wasn't, you know, it was an expensive choice for me. Anyway, so uh, I was trying to make some strides and some leaps forward. And I was really just striking out kind of everywhere, I f- it felt like. And I was kind of hitting a low and you were in town visiting. And Since 2015, it has been on my list to work with D'Angelico in some capacity. I knew of their guitars. I knew of their history. um, I knew of kind of the rebranding they were starting to do. And I knew that they were New York-based and founded. And that's really important to me, um, as we've talked about earlier. And they, I had a, a, a short list of companies that I wanted to start working with because 2018 was really the year that I started doing a lot of that stuff. I had like 22, 3,000 followers. And at least in my head, like that was, I, people would at least be willing to read a message from me, right? And I was going to say, hey, here's what I can do for you. And I, by the way, I had the one or two videos on YouTube that had done pretty well at this point. So I was like, oh, okay, I have something to offer brands, which by the way, if you're looking to work with brands, always come from the position of like, hey, here's how I think I can help you guys. 100%. That is the, instead of saying, hey, I think you should give me free stuff. Like people are going to be like, not going to happen. Get lost, dude. Like (laughs) get out of here. So anyway, I, I was on the way down to meet you and I've told you this story, but I'm, I'll just say it out loud. I was like, I am going to, I don't care. I'm going to swing for the fences. I'm going to email D'Angelico. I'm just going to do it. Whatever. If they don't read it, if they don't say anything, who cares? I'm, I just, that's the kind of win I need. And I'm just going to do it. I'm going to, I'm going to set that intention and I'm going to go for it and see what happens. So I'm literally on the train headed down to West 4th Street in Manhattan to meet you because I wanted to take you to Electric Lady Studios to see where Jimi Hendrix 
pretty much defined, you know, the West Village as we know it. And, you know, we were going to Rockwood and we were, I was, you know, we went through Washington Park and we just kind of walked from the West Village to the East Village. And I thought that that would be really cool for you to do. So I'm on the train down and I finished drafting this email and I'm like, okay, boom, I'm going to literally send this off either later tonight or tomorrow morning. So it isn't, and this is just kind of back to the conversation about collaboration. And one of the biggest lessons in my life has been to allow God or the universe or whatever to use the people in my life to, um, to use that collaborative spirit and energy and two people coming together to do something cool as opposed to just holding up in my little one room studio with the door closed and doing it all myself and yeah. just being like precious about it. And nobody can see this until it's finished. Nobody can see my imperfections. No, like link arms with people in your life and work on stuff together and let and support each other. And, you know, give support when you see a friend in need and allow people to support you when you're feeling down and you're hurting. And it's just been like a very hard thing for me to learn and let go of in my life, this need to just like fix myself and to do it all myself. And then I'll go out in the world and be presentable, right? Like it, life isn't like that. Like let the people in your life do things with you. Yeah. And I thought it was really interesting that literally I asked you what you were doing this week and you that week and you said the only thing I have planned is going to the D'Angelico showroom, do you want to come with me? And I just thought it was so funny that like that intention was set for me. And this thing that I wanted so much, so much more than anything, they 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 are the hands down the company that I have had the most wonderful relationship working with. I, the, like they're, they're, they've become friends. Justin, who's the artist relations guy, he's become a friend of mine. Like I just, I love being a part of whatever they're doing. I help them with content. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I always leap at an opportunity to make a YouTube video for them. Like I just, I love this company. Right. And I love their guitars and it means the world to me that, I'm associated with them. But like that relationship started because a friend said, Hey, do you want to come with me and check out the showroom? Which by the way is private. Like, you know, they technically do take walk-ins, but it's like, you know, it's supposed to be by an appointment only. And it's very, you know, exclusive. And it's like, that's one of the cool things about the brand. And I just think like that was such a major life lesson for me like not only in setting intention but like yeah like build relationships with people like not for leverage not for whatever but like good things come when you just like you meet people and you're you just never know what's going to come so i i think that that's like still to this day like one of my my favorite stories about how that all came together and I don't even know where we started, like what we were talking about before this, but like, I don't know, just keep going. It's, it's just like, it's, yeah, it's, it's kind of brings everything full circle when you think about it. Like, you know, whether it's whatever you're trying to do, like I had such a hard time, 
getting out and feeling competent and confident like that I could go and meet other musicians and be worthwhile for them. You know what I mean? Like, I was like, oh, like these guys are pros. They don't want to talk to me. Like, whatever. It's like, no, you, you never, you never know. You never know. I just got to show up. Yeah. What we were talking, what we were talking about was social media, like, and, and how much work that is. And I just think like, Social media is a great tool for doing getting things like that. I mean, D'Angelico to to round it out, like I think they just they loved the energy that you and I brought in, and we were just so stoked to be there and play their guitars and jam together and whatever. I think they were like, yeah, like we would love to work with you guys, and I just think it. Your following was in a great place. Mine was still kind of like, well, I don't know. I think I had maybe like 24,000 followers at the time. Yeah. Um, and I just think, man, like, you just never know. The point is, like, y- you need to be not focused on the numbers because they don't, they mean something. But, like, at the end of the day, people want to see good content. They want to see that you have... You know, there's like we were talking about earlier, kind of everything's been done. Eh, yeah, you're not going to do anything on the guitar, really, with few exceptions that hasn't been kind of done before. You're not going to do anything lyrically, vocally, whatever, that co- hasn't been influenced by something else. So, like, don't try to do that. Try to be yourself and try to ask yourself, what exactly is it? that I'm feeling in this moment when I'm creating this piece of content or creating this song or whatever, or this guitar performance that is going to resonate with an audience and put that out into the world. Mm-hmm. Don't focus on like, mm, well, I got to play edge of desire again because that gets a lot of views. Like literally gouge my eyes out if I ever see somebody cover John Mayer or Lenny by Stevie Ray Vaughan again. I uh. am done. I'm done, guys. I'm fed up. I'm at this point a crotchety old man. Stop it. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but if you, if you feel inspired to do that, do your thing. But like, yeah. seriously, we need less of that and we need more people, you know, less people looking into the camera and more people looking into themselves. Mic drop. Damn. Thank you. Oh man, that's like that's. I I want to end the podcast right now because that was like the best <laughs> thing I could end on. But that's no. You're just um. You're you're great at talking. You should make your own podcast, man. Oh, thanks, man. You, you, thanks. You could roll I talk. I definitely talk too much, but no, no, I you're great. You. But I, I just have actually just one one other question, right? Because we've really covered like the stuff I was wanting to get into. But nice. Obviously right now we're sitting at the end of the year kind of reflected on the year that has happened but what's happening for mr mr brain in 2020 you know what's what are the big things that are going to be happening what do we yeah what can we expect like, like i said i just want to get lean and focus on uh what really matters and stop being so concerned with all of the things that we just talked about numbers and analytics and this and that i mean i'm I'm content with what I have and I not content in the way of like, "Mm, that's good enough. Like I feel very fortunate and blessed to have had my hard work recognized by so many people. I'm feel good about that. 
And I don't need to focus on growing. I need to focus on putting things out into the world that I've created that I care deeply about that are either important or passionate or fun or entertaining, whatever, um, to me. And let that be the metric of success, not, you know, hey, oh, well, I lost, you know, 20 followers today, or, oh, I gained 100 followers with that last post, or whatever. Like, that's all nonsense if you are... That stuff is all great to have, but not at the expense of creating our the stuff exactly, the stuff that really matters, stuff that stuff that really impacts people's lives. And that's why we're here. That's why we signed up to be artists, because once upon a time, something that somebody did on the guitar or in a song or whatever impacted us so deeply and so profoundly that we said, wow, if I can do half for somebody else, what this person just did for me, that would be significant. I have this picture behind me right here of a super old album from a band called Death Cab for Cutie. Uh, and the album is called Transatlanticism. And that was the album, really, that and Get Born by Jet, which is over here. Jet mm-hmm. is my uh, favorite band of all time, fun fact, which a lot of people don't know. They always assume because I play guitar that John Mayer is my favorite of all time. I do really like John Mayer, but he's got nothing on Jet. Sorry, I digress. Point is, these albums have had such a profound impact on me that like, that's why I keep them up because I get to look at them every day and say, oh yeah, that's why you're here. You have to give that back mm. because if you just keep that for yourself... And you're and 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 you're capable of giving that to others. Well, then you're just you're you're not doing your due diligence on this planet. You know what I mean? I had a mentor who used to tell me, if you if you keep that all yourself, you're doing us a disservice. You're 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 keeping that from us. And when you start to think about it that way, that's a really that'll convict you. That's really profound. So. I'm just trying to move forward in a direction that says, hey, are you really so wrapped up in your self-doubt that you are going to keep this song from people? Where, hey, maybe, maybe it's not going to get the kind of numbers that you are thinking in your head that you need to have in order for it to be a success. But if you get one or two messages from people that say, Wow, that was impactful. I have a song out right now that, just to be completely honest with everybody, didn't do what I wanted it to do. The video that I worked up really hard on and had a lot of people in, invest their time and energy and resources into didn't do what I wanted it to do. And the song didn't do what I wanted it to do. But I get messages all the time from people that are like, wow, this impacted me. This was profound. This was special for me. So if why does it got to be on such a grand scale? Earn that grand scale. So if I do that 10, 20, 30 more times, whatever it takes, I'll have the scale, the numbers that I want, but I just have to be willing to do the work. And I have to be willing to get myself out of the way and say, you know, this might matter to somebody. It might not be the best thing that the majority of people have ever heard. It might not be the best thing that I'm capable of. It probably isn't. But if it's, if it's going to 
impact somebody in a positive way, it's worth sharing. And I think at the end of the day, my my focus is just kind of it 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 didn't take a diversion. It it um I added some other stuff mm-hmm. that either was important, it was important, but I maybe convinced myself that it was more important than it actually is. Um and I just for for a short time need to focus on really doing everything that I just said, sharing music, putting that out, seeing if that's what people want from me. And listen, if if I spend six months to a year doing that and it's like, oh, well, you really had it with, with Instagram or you really had it with YouTube, then that's cool too. And I can put music out and I can just let that be something that, you know, this corner of the internet enjoys and, you know, the the majority of what I do is a YouTube thing or an Instagram thing or whatever. But I think like if it's like we were talking about earlier, if you have that inkling in your heart, you have that notion that mm, there's there's a little bit that's not being said. There's a little bit that's not being shared that I think needs to be shared. Or this might be a path that I need to walk down and just see what this looks like along the way. You just got to do it. You got to do it. And every time I've done it, you know, you may veer off course a little bit, but it's never something that you have to completely turn back and go back to where you started because everything is a learning, a a learning, uh, experience, right? Mm -hmm. And, and everything is valuable. And one of the best pieces of advice that I've ever heard is you know, you have to release yourself from thinking that every choice that you make has to be the thing. It has to be the thing that you're going to do forever. That is, that is an old school way of thinking. That, is, that comes from our parents and our grandparents and our great-grandparents who spent their time doing one thing until it was time to retire. And then they sailed off into the sunset living off of their retirement or Social Security or whatever your country has. Like whatever you've got set up for people at the in the last portion of their life. Like I look at my stepfather who is 75 years old, crazy enough to think, yes, my mother remarried a much older man. Um, (laughs) But he's 75 and still works. And he looks younger than a lot of my friend's dads. And he's like, he he loves what he does. He found what it is that he loves to do. And he'll work until he physically can't anymore because he loves it that much. What a th- what a thing to have modeled for me. Like, find that thing that you love so much and just do it until it's time for you to go on to the next life or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah, man. It's, it's really simple and we make it super complicated, mm-hmm. you know? Sweet. So that's that. Music, music is coming, and yeah, the next song is. I'm pumped for it. I'm pumped for it. I'm proud of it. I'm. I am. I'm. I'm proud of it. All right, episode five is finished. (laughs) I hope you all enjoyed that. I certainly did. It's always a always good time just catching up with Patrick and you know talking about what he's up to over in New York City. Yeah, go grab some merch, leave a review, and I'll see you in episode six.